from the Mercy One studio. John Leonetti in the Morning is underwritten by Golden Rule Heating and Cooling, Bell Construction, Five Sons Naturescapes, and Blessman International. Welcome in, everyone. John Leonetti, The Morning, here on Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. We're streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Thank you so much for joining me today, friends. It is Friday, July 10th. We've got a great show in store for you today. Uh, coming up, Father Andrew Winchittle, your Iowa Catholic Radio spiritual advisor. We're going to have um, a little talk, a little chat with him about Sunday's gospel. Uh, 7.45 today. I'm looking forward to this one. Dr. Michael Hessman is going to be on. We're going to talk about the death of Pope Benedict XVI's brother, Monsignor George Ratzinger. Um, this was such a, he played such a key role in one of the Pope's life. Uh, and when I say one of the popes, I mean previous popes, uh, Pope Emeritus. But he played such a key role. They were so close. Uh, we're going to just talk about where that relationship and how that relationship was formed um, and uh, go into a little bit of, uh, you know, his death uh, and that last encounter that they both had together. I've been really interested in this. He's a um, uh, studied history and cultural anthropology uh, and in Germany, and he's written 38 books and published 14 languages. 14 languages, uh, and lives in Rome and is uh, friends with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, I might add. So we're going to talk to him all about uh, his brother. I've been, I, I told Kara, I said, we got to do a segment on this because um, there's a lot in the media on it, of course, Catholic media on it. Uh, and, you know, this has been pretty difficult, I know, for Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Also, big news coming out of um, uh, coming out of uh, France with Notre Dame's cathedral spire is going to be restored to its 19th century design. Uh, French President Macron announces, I'm going to have some of that news on that for you, and uh, why they are just going to rebuild that. There's a lot of talk that they weren't going to do that. Um, but yes, they are going to actually uh, restore that spire that burned down at Notre Dame. I'm going to give you all the details on that coming up here soon. Mark Amadeo with your news and sports weather straight from the desk of Channel 13 meteorologist Megan Selwa. And we will have your saint of the day coming up in the second half hour. And that should do it for this Friday. I'm going to really try to leave some good room here for my second uh, 745 guest today. All right. Uh, no Deacon Tony still out on vacation. Let's offer our day to Almighty God. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all of our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be my, our mind and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. Amen. Mark Amadeo now with your news and sports. News and sports with Mark Amadeo. Hello, sir. Well, good morning, John. Happy Friday to you as we come to the end of another week here in this first uh, week of July. We made it to a Friday. Absolutely. Friday, that means uh, stock up on sweet corn, get ready for the weekend. Uh, looking forward to going back to Mass in person on Sunday and Saturday night for those that choose to do so. So uh, lots of things going on. Now, do you have to sign up at Holy Trinity there? No. No, okay. No. We, uh, I, I, I've, been, I've been lecturing the last two Sundays. I'm not this Sunday, but uh, no. It's, uh, we're seeing about 70, 75 people yeah. at 1030 Mass, and I'm sure... 
Father, so that's kind of the, the general. A lot of people staying home because uh, they, they probably shouldn't be out, the elderly and, and those that are most, uh, you know, uh, would be uh, vulnerable to the disease. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's gradual. Yeah, I, uh, every parish does it different. So uh, over at St. Pius, we mm-hmm. sign up, and um, they make it very easy on you. I just go to the website, and a couple clicks, and you're on. And uh, sit together with the family. They, you know, Strongly encourage the face mask, and there you are. So hopefully, friends, mm-hmm. you can get back to mass. Maybe this will be the first one you go back to. Um, and, uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Now, I see that uh, Iowa State will not lose a game, uh, one game this year. I see they uh, they canceled the Iowa State game. That is my lead news story, by the uh-huh. way, so don't don't go. But I see there's one less loss for the Cyclones this year, John. I almost texted you when that news broke. <laughs> I'm counting that one as a win, all right? So there you go. Yeah, I need Now, does this win. mean next year it's going to be back in Ames? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I think so. I think it'll stay with the rotation, but... Uh, you know, this pandemic has thrown everything off off kilter, and now it's going to affect college sports. And college football is the biggest money-making sport, and that what, that's what drives the uh, university's athletic department. So this is uh, this is going to hit home quite uh, quite hard this fall if we don't have college football. We're already just seeing the start. Non-conference I, games canceled by Big Ten, and we may see the, can, the, the season move to spring. I can't imagine the SEC canceling their football season. I mean, that is football <laughs> country. There, you just you can't get away from it down there, and I don't know. I I cannot imagine, but we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. So that was just a start yesterday with the Big Ten canceling all, and that includes uh, not only the Iowa State game, but also the Northern Iowa opener uh, at in Iowa City. That affects that game too. So it's it's unfortunate, and hopefully we'll find a way around it or through it, or we we'll just have to uh, just uh, wait another year. Apparently, yes, we'll see. Okay. Well, let's get right to it this morning from the WHO TV 13 weather desk. Meteorologist Megan Selwa currently in Des Moines at the Mercy One Studios. Partly cloudy skies, 64 degrees, a west-southwest wind at 5 miles per hour. The humidity up there at 90%. Today it'll be back to uh, mostly sunny, warm conditions. Humidity will be a little bit warmer than yesterday, a high of 90 degrees with northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, increasing clouds, scattered showers, and thunderstorms are possible overnight. Low of 68 degrees, and tomorrow, isolated storms early and later in the day possible on your Saturday, a high of 86 degrees. And on Sunday, partly cloudy, dry, high of 86 degrees. And Monday, more of the same, partly cloudy highs in the upper 80s. Well, in the news on this Friday morning, as John and I were talking about earlier, the coronavirus pandemic has hit college football for the first time since 1976. There will be no Iowa-Iowa State football game. The Big Ten Conference announced yesterday it will be moving to a conference-only schedule for football and other fall sports. That would force the cancellation of the Iowa-Iowa State football game, which is set to be played in Iowa City this year on September 12th. The schedule change also means the Iowa Hawkeyes season opener Home opener, rather, on September 5th against the University of Northern Iowa will be canceled, as will a third home game against Northern Illinois. Well, today's sports report is brought to you by Big Red Q Quick Print. And uh, a couple days ago, the Dowling baseball and softball season, uh, their teams uh, have come to an end due to the coronavirus and Maroons uh, uh, testing positive, and therefore uh, the playoffs be beginning next week. The Maroons would have to sit out uh, two weeks, and they would not be eligible for the playoffs. So the Dowling uh, baseball team closes out its season with a 16. 
16 and 2 record and a number one ranking in class 4A. The softball team finishes out its season with a record of 8 and 10 in class 5A. Once again, from the Mercy One Studios in Des Moines, currently we have partly cloudy skies, 64 degrees, a west southwest wind at 5 miles per hour, and humidity up there at 90% this morning. Today we'll see mostly sunny skies here in central Iowa, a high of 90 degrees with northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And this has been your Iowa Catholic Radio News, Weather, and Sports on your Friday morning, John Leonetti Show. Coming up, Jimmy Olson, and he has your morning traffic report. I'm Mark Amadale. Iowa Catholic Radio News and Sports. Our year-round coverage of Dowling Catholic High School sports and activities is sponsored in part by Construction Professionals, Dental Associates, Kemen, and Mercy Medical Center. Thank you for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, and streaming at iowacatholicradio.com. Traffic on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are starting off with an accident this morning. University at 19th Street, so you want to use some caution in that area. 235 still looking good for you, running seven minutes from the West Mixer and East Mixer into downtown. Thanks to Builder Ken Construction for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Builder Ken has a transparent team, strengthened by a group of dedicated employees who will execute your project professionally and efficiently online at bdconstruct.com. That's traffic on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Jimmy. Let's go to Father Andrew Winchettle now. Good morning, Father. Uh, Matthew 13, 1 to 23 today, uh, excuse me, for Sunday's gospel, Jesus talks about uh, the sower. Right. Yeah, but, uh, this, and consider this is about halfway through the gospel, so um, if that's any indication, it's, it's, it could very well be it's about halfway through his ministry that all of a sudden he starts uh, speaking and, and teaching with these parables. Hmm. And, uh, and they're really... It, they're kind of a veiled reality that he's um, that, that he's expressing here, and, and really, there's in a way they're meant to be easier for the, the the listener to understand, and yet at the same time, it's such a profound reality that really it's harder uh, to understand uh, because we're constantly looking for an easy answer. Uh, but here, he's challenging the, the listener to to really think. Uh, he's taking a simple. Um, simple practice like sowing a seed, uh, which these people would, would clearly understand, uh, but attaching that the, the, the reality of how people receive the gospel uh, to it, that, that's really quite a mystery, um, and it's, it's meant to be really more challenging, if anything. Yeah, he says, some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, but some seed fell on rich uh, soil and produce fruit. Uh, this is, you know, over and over again what Jesus is asking, and you know what what we said or what you might hear. You know, you'll you'll know. Um, I guess it's kind of hard to put it into words, but you'll say you'll you'll know by their fruit. Uh, you know, if this is something good or not. And I think, you know, kind of stems from this gospel right here. Jesus talking about the fruits that come from uh, you know, toiling that. That soil uh, and what what comes of it, um, and, and you know he gives different examples as as you said before. One of those is the thorns, dropping them on the thorns. We have to be careful where we're planting our seeds. Where are we planting ourselves? What relationships are we planting ourselves in? Because you know you are who you hang around, um, and it, you eventually become who you hang around in a lot of ways. I think that might be a good reflection for us this morning, and so on. Right. Yeah. So he he does his part in constantly sowing the seed, uh, but we have to be receptive to it, and it, and it, it varies in our own life. 
is, is you have to have that profound conversion experience to be that fruitful soil uh, and to really to receive his word and, and, and produce uh, with that grace. Uh, and in that way, uh, and this is a dispute often I think between uh, Protestants and Catholics, is they say, is my understanding is, is they say we can't merit, uh, but we as Catholics say, yes, we can, but only insofar as we have received, predisposed ourselves to receive that grace uh, and then to go forth and act accordingly. Right. Uh, it is complete um, uh, openness, uh, you know, again, giving God permission to work. God does all the heavy lifting. God does all the work inside of the soul. It's a matter of us being able to say yes or no to it. Um, and another line that really gets me here, Father, I don't, if you, I don't know if you have a couple things to say on it, but he says, to anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's a hard one to um, at least with our um, understanding. See, in pure human thinking, uh, that doesn't sound fair, right? Um, uh, God shouldn't act that way. But who, who's who's really fair? Is it God who's who's truly objective and loving, or is it we, the, the human beings who are sinners? Are we the ones who are unfair? Yeah. Uh, and, and so we have to consider uh, elsewhere in Scripture, he says, my ways are above your ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts. Uh, so we have to be willing to conform our thinking, our thoughts, uh, our will to his, not not his to ours. But God just wants to continually pour himself out into the soul. That's, that's what I take from that. God just never wants to stop gifting the soul himself, and he doesn't. You may not feel it, you may not see it, and you see that in many of the saints. They didn't always feel it, but God was constantly pouring within them insofar as they allowed him the best gift that he could possibly give, again, and that is himself. And so, you know, there's that line, the rich keep getting richer. Well, here, yes, when we have God, God continually to give us this grace. He just wants to pour himself out into us, and uh, we have to say yes to it. I hope at least we will. This is the gospel for this Sunday, friends, Matthew 13, 1 to 23. Otherwise, there's a shorter version, 1 to 9. Uh, But take it with you. Go to usccb.org. Read it beforehand, maybe with your family as well, or if you got um, uh, maybe you got the Magnificat or an app, but definitely uh, take this one uh, to prayer before this Sunday. It's a longer one, but you might get something. I think I know you will get something out of it. Father Andrew Winchettel, would you give us your blessing this morning? Certainly. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Have a great weekend. All right, friends, coming up, Notre Dame Cathedral uh, Spire is going to be rebuilt as replica of the pre-fire design. I'm going to have that story for you. It's breaking coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. John Lee in the morning right here on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is Friday, July 10th. And thanks to Bell Construction for underwriting the show. Dean, he personally comes to your home or job to give the bid. Then he's with it, he's with his team throughout it, making sure that everything's done and everything's done right. Don't have to worry about that, though, because he only hires the best. When the job is done, Dean, yes, he's there to personally inspect it, make sure that the cleanup is all done. That's how he's been in business for 30 years. 963-4494. Residential re-roofs, 30 years. 963-4494.
Thank you, Caldwell Parish, for underwriting Iowa Catholic Radio. Conform to the wishes of the deceased and to Catholic liturgical burial traditions. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. CaldwellParish.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one, one child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Need an experienced attorney for legal matters? I know a guy. Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law, is a proud supporter of Iowa Catholic Radio. Steve is a longtime resident of Iowa and is licensed to practice in all Iowa state and federal courts. He has years of experience in real estate law, wills, conservatorships, trusts, and estate planning. Steve's law office phone number is 515-224-1776. That's 515-224-1776. Support for programming of Catholic Women Now partially provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Cindy Schulte on the web at cindyschulte.com, 515-226-2111. Cindy and her team know health insurance. This is Dr. David Anders, host of Call to Communion. Catholic Radio is the best tool we have for evangelization in the church today. I believe your support of your Catholic Radio station can make an eternal difference in the life of an individual, a family, and in society. So support Catholic Radio. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? Your support keeps Iowa Catholic Radio on the air, connecting people to Christ. You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us new life Thanks for joining me. We believe John Leonetti in the morning right here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Appreciate you being a part of the show, friends. Well, President Emmanuel Macron of France has just announced that the Notre Dame cathedral spire will be rebuilt as a replica of the one destroyed in the fire at the cathedral last year now there's been a lot of talk surrounding this people didn't know you know first they're going to rebuild it all are they going to rebuild in the way that it was um, or are they going to try to put kind of a modern spin to it Um, so this is really kind of big news i know i was really excited to hear this and I wanted to share it with you this morning. This broke late yesterday. Um, Macron's government had previously initiated an architectural competition to submit a variety of suggestions for the restoration. That was one thing that I was like, eh, eh. Macron has also called for an inventive reconstruction of the cathedral with a more contemporary design. So that was all kind of coming out um, when this whole thing was kind of happening. 
uh, and the aftermath of it. The possibility of a new design for the spire of the historic building had been controversial. This is according to uh, National Catholic Register, by the way. The designs proposed included a rooftop swimming pool and a greenhouse atop the 850-year-old cathedral. That was another one of those... uh, (laughs) Well... Last year, the French Senate passed a bill mandating that Notre Dame be rebuilt as it was before the fire. Macron's change of mind on the spire construction is due to a desire to finish the project quickly, the BBC reported. Paris is scheduled to host the Olympics in 2024, and choosing a new design for the spire would have delayed the construction. Since the adoption of the 1905 law on separation of church and state, which formalized uh, a strict form of public secularism, uh, religious buildings in France have been property of the state. Uh, and this is something I learned after the, in the aftermath of the fire. I had no idea of this. Uh, when the major fire broke out at Cathedral on the evening of April 15th, so it was over a year ago. Can you believe that? The roof and the spire, as we know, were destroyed. Shortly after midnight, April 16th, firefighters announced that the cathedral's main structure had been preserved from the collapse. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, I have never been, I had never been in that um, cathedral. Now, I have plenty of listeners that have, and that uh, when this was all happening, I was getting text messages left and right from them that said that they were there, that uh, one one friend was just there a couple weeks before that even happened. Um, I had never visited. I've always wanted to, and I think I will someday, um, God willing. But I remember seeing it, and I thought it was a total loss. I mean, I, you, know, I, you couldn't look at the... Uh, you know, the video of what was happening without thinking it was going to be a complete loss. And it was devastating, but they ended up saving it. Um, The major religious and artistic treasures of the cathedral were removed as the fire began, including a relic of the crown of thorns. It was built in the 12th and through 14th centuries. Uh, The landmark cathedral in French capital is one of the most recognizable churches in the world. I think this is one of those churches that you could put up uh, kind of on a flashcard, and I think most people might get it right. So uh, big news coming out of France there. And again, it's mostly because Macron says he wants it just to be done a lot faster, so they're going to go with the original. But hey, I'll take it. Looking forward to uh, to seeing that again. Uh, this is something that I was reading the other day, and I thought this is a little bit troubling. I was going to share it. Um, a survey, a new survey out, finds that 30%, now this was specifically in Germany, 30% of German Catholics are considering leaving the church. Kind of got a little German theme going on here when uh, we'll talk to Dr. Michael Hessman in the second half hour about uh, Monsignor George Benedict, uh, excuse me, Monsignor George Benedict, Monsignor George Ratzinger, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's brother who had passed. But a survey finding that 30% of German Catholics are considering leaving the church follows the release of official figures last month, which showed that a record number of Catholics formally left the church in Germany in 2019. Uh, this is a release that was, re- this was a um, study that was found yesterday, uh, released yesterday, excuse me, the poll conducted by the Research Institute INSA uh, for the Catholic Weekly newspaper there reported that almost a third of respondents agreed with the statement, quote, I am a member of the church and can imagine leaving the church soon. It's kind of a weird way that they phrase it. I am a member of the church and can imagine leaving the church soon. Almost a third. 
Researchers said July 9th that 54% of Catholics disagreed with the statement, 9% said they did not know, and 7% did not offer a response. This is uh, coming out of Catholic News Agency. The survey follows a release of official figures last month, which showed that a record number of Catholics formally left the church in Germany in 2019. According to the statistics, 272,771 people exited the Catholic Church last year, a significant increase on the 2018 figure of 216,078 people. And that is a significant jump, my friends. Some of those formerly departing the Catholic Church in Germany are seeking to avoid paying the country's church tax. If an individual is registered as a Catholic, then 8 to 9% of their income tax goes to the church. The only way they can stop paying that tax is to make an official declaration renouncing their membership. They are then no longer allowed to receive the sacraments or a Catholic burial. Obviously a little bit different than what's happening here. To renouncing their faith. Not because of death, but because of money. Researchers also interviewed members of the Evangelical Church in Germany, a body representing 20 Protestant groups, including Lutherans. They found that 26% of those polled were considering leaving. I don't know how much of this is a surprise to anyone, and not just Germany, just in the world that we live in today. It is, has become and is continuing to become very secularized. Very secularized. Uh, not the church itself, uh, but, but the world that we live in. And I think now we have an opportunity to respond. I was just talking to someone about this last night in South Dakota. And um, I was supposed to speak at her church in uh, February, and she was bringing me in, and um, they had to cancel because of a big snowstorm. So I came home, and we rescheduled, and then, of course, COVID happened, so I wasn't able to get up there for the the rescheduled event. And uh, she had called to talk about next year, finding a date that might work. And it really just kind of quickly went into how it is that we, all of us, the body of Christ, are going to rebuild the church. And we were talking a little bit about St. Francis of Assisi, you know, that great story of Francis, Francis, rebuild my church. And I think, friends, we might be at that, a cusp of that again. And over throughout, you look throughout our history, you see this, you know, there are times where the church uh, really is hurting, where the church maybe is being persecuted, but on the other side, the church, people are just leaving, the church becomes secularized. The church always comes back, we know that. Because God doesn't leave the church. Behold, I will be with you always until the end of the day. He will always be with us. He will never leave us. And some have speculated that, you know, with some of the numbers that were being projected 10 years from now, and those those numbers, you know, I gosh, I was just quoting those numbers, you know, in January and February and early March when I was going to churches and talking about what we're going to do about it. And some have speculated this might speed it up a little bit. You see the news coming out of New York City that uh, the Archdiocese of New York is going to close over 20 schools because of this. You know, Has this kind of ripped the Band-Aid off? Some people have said there are, this it has, instead of kind of that slow uh, you know, ripping off of the Band-Aid. But look, whatever the way, whatever the case, we have an opportunity now, friends, to respond all of us, and it's not going to be just our priests, 
It's not, well, the bishop needs to do something, or my pastor needs to do something, or the director of religious education needs to do something. It's all of us now, a part of every single one of our churches. We all have a part to play of our parishes to come together now and to rebuild this thing. And I, I take the glasses half full approach. I try to be a very hopeful guy in this. Uh, and I think we're going to see some great fruits that are going to be able to come from it. But if you're listening to this show right now, that probably means you're engaged in the faith. But there's no longer the ability for us to kind of sit on the sidelines now. We've got to go all in. There's a lot of numbers here. But I can't get into it because I just don't have time with um, with more surveys that they're citing. But yeah, that, that survey coming out of Germany, that was one that really caught my eye. But nonetheless, we will continue on. And continuing on, we will. Dr. Michael Hessman, 745. We're going to talk about the death of Pope Benedict, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's brother, Monsignor George Ratzinger, uh, the close relationship that both of them had, and uh, really kind of some of the, the things that they had in common as well. I know that they were very, very close. So we'll have Dr. Michael Hessman coming up live from Rome at about 745 today. All right. No Deacon Tony this morning. He's on vacation. We'll continue to remember him in our prayer. Don't go anywhere. John Lee Nettie in the morning right here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Thank you to Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling for underwriting the show. Full range of residential plumbing services in Des Moines. Household plumbing is vital for everyday convenience and comfort. Most of us don't know something goes wrong until it actually does. Trusted plumbers with the experience necessary to ensure an excellent job each and every time. GoldenRulePHC.com. That's GoldenRulePHC.com. Father Andrew now with today's Gospel and Reflection. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name but whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen, I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord This passage brings to bear the uncomfortable reality that as people of the faith, we're liable to be persecuted. Most of the apostles, despite Jesus' warning, continued to serve him and were eventually martyred. The good part about this persecution is that it's done, as he says, for his sake, so that they suffered, and whoever suffers this way does so for his sake, he who lives forever, which means we too might enjoy unending life beyond our physical death.
At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, we try to give you all options and information that would affect the comfort of your home. Do you have an AC that is over 10 years old? Did you have trouble with your AC last year? Chances are high that your system is using an old style of refrigerant that's no longer made. So to go along with our regular $99 Gold Club membership, we're offering you a free leak search. So don't get caught hot and let Golden Rule make sure you are ready for summer. Go to GoldenRulePHD.com. Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Thank you to Bozen the Floors for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Floors. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com. Thanks for joining me, friends. John Lee Nettie in the morning right here in Iowa Catholic Radio. Appreciate you being a part of the show today. Coming up, we're going to talk to Dr. Michael Hessman live from Rome uh, on the death of Pope Emeritus Emeritus Benedict XVI's brother, Monsignor George Ratzinger, and their relationship. I did a little bit of it when that actually happened, but... um, I've just been really interested in that because they were so close. And he died at the age of 96. Uh, I know Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. That was the first time he had left uh, Rome since he uh, no longer was Pope. And um, he went to Germany. There was mass bedside that they prayed together. And then upon leaving, I think just a couple days later was when the news broke. But we'll talk about that relationship together. He's been featured on EWTN, History Channel, Discovery Channel, all over the place. Uh, And um, yeah, so looking forward to talking to Dr. Michael Hesman coming up here soon. All right, no Deacon Tony this morning on vacation. Let's offer our day to Almighty God with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all of our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and our strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the church, pray for us. Amen. Let's go to Mark Amadeo now with your news and sports. News and sports with Mark Amadeo. Hello, sir. Well, good morning, John. Happy Friday to you. Big plans this weekend? Uh, steak night tonight. I see. Yeah. Not not fish, not Friday fish uh Fish fry, huh? No, I'm disappointed. No, I, I'm I'm not as disciplined as some of my friends are, and no meat on every Friday. Of course, <laughs> the Lent thing. Once in a while, we do, but yes, tonight uh, we decided to, we moved it from uh, tomorrow night to tonight on this one. But yeah, treat ourselves on a Friday here. I see. Well, we'll we won't hold that against you, John. Right. I, I have a lot of things I could do that with. I appreciate uh, that about you as far as holding holding stuff, but I will not hold that. If you want to have steak instead of fish on Friday, that's fine. Too. All right, good. I, I, that makes me feel better. <laughs> so I'm curious here about the story: the Notre Dame uh, spire being uh, restored over in France. That's awesome. That's great. I, I was really excited to see that. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it didn't really happen mm-hmm. because. You know, they wanted it to, to look that way again. It, it happened because they wanted it to sure. happen quick. But still, I said, I'll take it either way. And the the fire, was that caused because they were doing construction? I know you had friends over there that was, were there yeah. a few weeks beforehand. With the, they were under construction. They were, re, they were redoing everything. And yeah. it was just so delicate that what they had to do. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I said I remember watching it on TV, and you you thought it's done, it's gone. You know, there's no way they're going to be right. able to save that. And uh, the news that broke that they they saved the structure was, re- you know, and there was a great story. I don't remember exactly who it was, um, but I remember reading it when it came out that it was a brother that went in and got the Blessed Sacrament. The first thing he did when he saw the fire was was get the tabernacle and the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. and, and got it out of there. And I just thought that was really heroic. That was that was one of many uh, miracles you could call it that happened during the fire. I think some other things were saved and uh, and preserved by either the firefighters or people stepping up to uh, uh, do that in the early morning hours. Yep. But I uh, can't wait to hear the restoration project. That's great. I'll keep you updated. All right, sir. Well, let's get right to it. I know you have a special guest coming up here shortly on the uh, John Leonetti Show. But right now from the WHO-TV 13 weather desk and meteorologist Megan Selwell. Currently, we have uh, partly cloudy skies here in central Iowa at the Mercy One Studio. 64 degrees. You wake up on this Friday, July 10th. West-southwest winds at 5 miles per hour. The humidity up there at 90%. Today it will be mostly sunny, a little bit warmer than yesterday. We got up in the mid-80s yesterday here, a uh, high of 90 degrees with northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour throughout the day tonight increasing clouds scattered showers and thunderstorms a possibility overnight here in central iowa overnight low of 68 degrees and tomorrow isolated storms early and possibly late on your saturday high of 86 degrees and sunday and monday looking pretty good Uh, highs in the mid to upper 80s both days under partly cloudy skies well, in the news on this Friday morning, well, the coronavirus pandemic has hit the uh, football fields here in the state of Iowa for the first time since 1976. There will be no Iowa-Iowa State football game. The Big Ten Conference announced yesterday it will be moving to a conference-only schedule for football and other fall sports. That would force the cancellation of the Iowa-Iowa State football game that was set to be played in Iowa City this year on September 12th. The schedule change also means the Iowa Hawkeyes season home opener on September 5th against the uh, Northern Iowa Panthers will be canceled, as will a third home game against Northern Illinois. Well, today's sports report is brought to you by Big Red Q Quick Print. And as mentioned yesterday, the Dowling baseball and softball team seasons has come to an end as uh, – the, the Maroons uh, were tested. One of the members of the coaching staff was tested positive for the COVID-19. So Dowling's uh, season comes to an end. They will not be able to participate in the postseason, which gets underway next week, as the Maroons would have to sit out two weeks before they could resume playing. The Dowling baseball team finished with the number one ranking and a 16-2 and record on the season in Class 4A, while the Dowling softball team concludes its season with a record of 8-10 and in Class 5A. Once again, from the Mercy One Studios in Des Moines, currently we have partly cloudy skies, 64 degrees, a west-southwest wind at 5 miles prior the humidity up there at 90 percent and today it'll be mostly sunny warm a high of 90 degrees northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour and this has been your iowa catholic radio news weather and sports on your friday morning john leonetti show coming up jimmy olson and he has your morning traffic report i'm mark amadeo iowa catholic radio news and sports our year-round coverage of dowling catholic high school sports and activities is sponsored in part by ashworth vision clinic and the catholic tuition organization thank you for supporting iowa catholic radio 1150 a.m 88.5 fm 94.5 fm and streaming at iowacatholicradio.com 
Traffic on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are still working on that accident. University at 19th Street, so it's going to be creating a little bit of a problem for you in that area. 235, still running along with no issues for you. Uh, heading in from the west and east mixer into downtown, running about seven minutes in either direction. Thanks to Builder Kent Construction for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Builder Kent has a transparent team strengthened by a group of dedicated employees who execute your project professionally and efficiently online at bdconstruct.com. That's traffic on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Jimmy. Let's go to your Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Jesus talks a lot in the Gospels about following him, becoming a disciple. What is it and how is it we do that? We take up our cross daily and follow him. Today's saint embraced that cross and offered up her life to be like Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus crucified. St. Veronica Giuliani today was born in Italy in 1660. When her mother was on her deathbed, she called Veronica and her four other sisters to her bedside. And there, she entrusted them each with one of the sacred wounds of Christ. Veronica received the wound below Christ's heart, the spear. Veronica took the calling and made it a mission, praying that she would be like Christ and Christ Jesus crucified. Veronica entered a poor Claire's monastery and worked in the kitchen and as a porter before being elevated to the post of novice mistress. Well, shortly after her selection as novice mistress, Veronica received the stigmata and her world would turn upside down. The Vatican launched lengthy and probing investigations into her miraculous wounds and at one point temporarily barred her from being novice mistress. In the end, though, Veronica's wounds were proven genuine. Against her wishes, Veronica was elected abbess and served in that role until her death in 1727. She was canonized in 1839. We ask today, St. Veronica Giuliani, to pray for us. Amen great story. Big thanks to Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law for underwriting our saint of the day, a deacon here in Des Moines, experienced in wills and estate planning, makes it easy on you because he does the work for you. 224-1776. That is 515-224-1776. Left plenty of time for my next guest right after this. Dr. Michael Hessman is going to be on to talk about the death of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's brother, Monsignor George Ratzinger. I'm going to talk to him about their relationship as well. I've really just found that relationship fascinating. Fascinating. We'll have that for you coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere, friends. Friday, July 10th, John Linetti in the morning, 38 after the hour. I want to thank Five Sons Naturescapes Landscape and Design for underwriting my show. Uh, a Catholic family with a wide range of high-quality hardscape services, including paver patios, sidewalks, retaining walls, premium boulder walls, window wells, and more. Passionate about their work and the service they provide. Honesty and integrity you can count on 493-1060. FiveSonsNatureScapes.com. That is FiveSonsNatureScapes.com. Your diocesan minute is right now. This is your news for the Diocese of Des Moines for Friday, July 10th. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins. Celebrating a birthday on Sunday are Fathers Larry Huffman and Ambrose Daniel. Father Huffman is among our retired priests, and Father Daniel is parochial vicar and refugee director at St. Ambrose Cathedral in downtown Des Moines. The Diocese of Des Moines staff will be taking a two-week furlough from July 13th through the 24th. Staff will not be checking their email or voice messages during this time, and the office will be closed. 
Tune in to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson this morning at 9 a.m. Bishop will be visiting with Jessica Hernandez, coordinator of Hispanic Youth Ministry at the Diocese of Des Moines. She'll be talking about the Supreme Court's decision on the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, otherwise known as DACA, and her personal experience as a dreamer. That's this morning at 9 a.m. right here on Iowa Catholic Radio. That's your news for the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins. You can enjoy positive and inspiring music to help you through your day on the Iowa Catholic Radio app and iowacatholicradio.com. I don't see, I still believe. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Support for programming of Catholic Women Now partially provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte. Cindy Schulte on the web at cindyschulte.com, 515-226-2111. Cindy and her team know health insurance. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks to Blessman International for underwriting the show. Appreciate you. Blessman International. Operating vegetable farming, chicken farming, fish farming initiatives to provide sustainable sources of food for the families and the children that they serve. BlessmanInternational.org. Let's go to my next guest of the day. Uh, Studied history and cultural anthropology. Uh, Written 38 books. Dr. Michael Hessman joins me. Hello, doctor. Hello, my pleasure to be on your show. 38 books, Doctor? And 44. 44? <laughs> Whoa! 44. Your favorite of all 44. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's a lot of work. and But the information is from, uh, your information was from 2011 when my brother, the Pope, was published. And uh, in the meantime, I wrote a couple of more. You, um, you know, you've gotten to know Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI? Indeed, yes. And what's he like, just on a personal level? He is a very simple, wonderful, humble, wise man. And if you meet him, you really, you, you have wisdom in front of you and knowledge in front of you and a brilliant, bright mind. Also, his body is getting more and more fragile with every year. But still, you know, he is crystal clear and his memory is better than the memory of any of us. I mean, it, it, how old is he exactly now? He is 93. He got 93 in April. And you're, you're telling me that his mind is still the same. I mean, his body obviously is, is wearing, but his, his mind is still there. His mind is an encyclopedia and filled with wisdom and, and knowledge and facts and 
you know, he, he remembers so many details from his life and from his work and, and um, just, you know, uh, ask him a question. He knows the answer immediately and it's a very profound one and it's a very scientific one and he is, he is maybe the most brilliant mind I ever encountered in my life. He's got to be. I mean, my goodness, and still at 93 years old, that's just, that's incredible. And you say wise, you know, not just intelligent, but he's wise. Very, very wise. I'll give you one example. You know, one time when he got 90, I met him and congratulated him and I said, Holy Father, I wish you many good years and health and strength. And he said, Please, Mr. Hesman, don't wish me this. And I said, Why, Holy Father? You, you live in wonderful Vatican Gardens and it's so beautiful here. And he said, Heaven is more beautiful. Heaven is much more beautiful. Wow. And um, so, you know, just one example how a simple normal conversation and birthday wishes can can go to a very very deep and profound level and this is pope benedict you know he he um he's not a man of small talk but he's the man of deep and profound wisdom you've got to think i mean when you're in his presence you're in the presence of a living saint indeed 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 he is so some humble and wise and and everything of him is just good and he is radiating with goodness and, and holiness and indeed, yes, and I'm 100% sure that he uh, will uh, be declared a saint in, uh, within 10 years after he will pass away, but I hope it's in a distant future. Yeah, uh, talking to Dr. Michael Hessman right now uh, on you know Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, but has written extensively, um, and especially regarding their relationship between Monsignor George Ratzinger and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Uh, I I heard, and I don't know if this is I've read it, I've I've heard it. I don't know if this is true, but I I think you're about as close as I'm going to get to confirming it. Uh, that his his dream was to retire and just retire with his brother and write. I mean, that was their goal. Is that true? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He had his house in Regensburg, and he just waited for the moment that John Paul II will allow him to retire. And John Paul II <laughs> always said, no, you have to stay as long as I'm there. And then in 2005, John Paul II passed away, and of course we all cried, but in, in deep inside of him, Cardinal Ratzinger said, well, at least I'm free now, <laughs> and at, at least I can go home. And his brother was so much looking forward and to, to, to see him and to spend the, the last forever decades of her life together in, in, in just a normal way and writing some more books and talking and meeting friends and traveling and whatever. And then came the conclave. And, you know, it, for, for, for Benedict, it was like an execution. But, you know, it was the will of God and he couldn't say no. But his brother, Georg Ratzinger, for two days was in a deep depression. Mm. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He didn't go to the phone Nothing. Eventually, on the second day, his housekeeper picked up the phone, and who was on the phone? Pope Benedict. Oh, my goodness. And said, hey, why you didn't call? I tried to call you all the time, and why you didn't go to the phone? It's a true story. My goodness. Can you imagine being depressed when your brother's elected Pope? (laughs) But it's true. I mean, you you look forward to something probably your entire life, because, again, they were so close. I don't want to get into that relationship in a second. But you you look forward to something your entire life, then all of a sudden, in an instant, you realize it's not going to happen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, whenever you mention Bavarian, whenever you're in his pontificate and after his pontificate, uh, Whenever any group from Bavaria wanted to meet him in a private audience or play Bavarian music or bring him Bavarian food or whatever, he had an open heart and he had tears in his eyes and he remembered 
It's beautiful Bavaria, which is, you know, the, the, as close to heaven as you can get on earth. And um, indeed, when he came back uh, a few weeks ago to visit his brother, um, who was going to die, and mm-hmm. we all know, we all knew he was going to die. He at least had the possibility to to see a little bit of Regensburg and the, the the grave of the parents and his old house and so on. And of course, to be with his brother for four days and to pray with him to celebrate Holy Mass with him for the very last time. Was his brother conscious when he was there? Yes, absolutely. Wow. I, I visited him at the same time, so I can clearly testify. When Pope Benedict visited the parents' grave, and I and said my last farewell to Georg Ratzinger, and he was so crystal clear, he, he immediately um, recognized my voice. He was nearly blind, but he recognized my voice, and he said, Mr. Hasselman, how is new new book going on? He knew I am writing a new book, number 45. And, you know, we, it, just, it was just... You know, he was crystal clear and a good sense of humor, but he also told me that, you know, he wants to die and, and he thinks it's over and, and he, he is looking forward to heaven. And um, so I asked him for his blessing and he blessed me last time and uh, it was a very emotional um, encounter, but he was crystal clear and I know from from people close to both of them that, you know, they, they had conversations and, and celebrated Holy Mass and prayed the rosary. And um, the only thing is, of course, you know, he got tired very, uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. the brother. And, um, well, but he, he was able to die in peace and, you know, he, he died a week later, so um, nine days later. So uh, it, it was indeed a farewell in all consciousness and all death you can imagine. Were they always close, grown up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The family, the Ratzinger family, was so close, and uh, Georg Ratzinger was three years older, and he was the role model a little bit for his younger brother, Joseph. He had the vocation to become a priest earlier before before Joseph, and Joseph followed a little bit into his uh, footsteps. Then came the war, and because of the war, the, the um, age distance uh, was melting, and they both entered the seminary together, and they ordained on the very same day, on the 29th of June, 1951, and they had the first Holy Mass, both of them, on the 8th of July, 1951, and now on the 8th of July was a great funeral, so this was a kind of, of you know, providential coincidence, but indeed, his very last Holy Mass, the Requiem, and his funeral was on the on the 69th anniversary of the first Holy Mass. Were they so it was a, you, you a knew really them, rich priestly life. You knew them both really well. Were they were they similar in their demeanor? No, they're completely different. Really? Uh, uh, yes, Benedict uh, is an introverted, silent, very wise, um, but but very, a little bit shy um, personality. When uh, Georg Ratzinger was very extroverted and he loved to be surrounded by people and he loved to meet people, and he made jokes, and he loved to drink a beer, and he was very much down to earth, and much more than his brother, who as a kid was a loner, who, you know, was reading his books and had, you know, his own little world with his books, and then didn't like to play with others too much. So uh, the personality was completely different, but the vocation and the depth and the genius was the same. Georg Ratzinger became a musical genius, uh, internationally celebrated choir leader 
who toured the world with the Ravensburg Cathedral Boy Choir and uh, was a famous composer too. And Benedict, of course, became the greatest theologian uh, in German language um, in, in, in this century, we have to say. And, of course, the successor of St. Peter, he became the Pope. So both uh, geniuses. And they came from very simple from a very simple background, the father was a country policeman, the mother was a cook, but it was the, the deep spirituality of the parents. They all, they had a sister too, an older sister, Maria Wachsinger. They all were kneeling on the kitchen floor, the wooden kitchen floor, playing the rosary, praying the rosary every day. And uh, they went to Holy Mass regularly. And the richness of the Catholic culture, especially this Baroque Catholic culture in Bavaria, inspired them to reach out for the highest, for priesthood, for God. And, and the one, Georg Ratzinger, he searched for God with the voice of the angels, with the, in the language of the angels, with music. And indeed, Joseph reached out for God in theology, in the intellectual way. And both of them mastered their mission, their vocation in the best possible way. I know. I, I want to point people to your books, um, I, but I especially want to point people to uh, My Brother, the Pope. Um, and, and that was something that you, you helped write uh, with Monsignor George Ratzinger, of course. Um, this is a book, I think, friends, that you're going to really learn a lot from. Uh, I, I've read it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very interesting and very fast read. Uh, and that's a compliment to you, Doctor. Uh, any other books that you want to promote or anything? I mean, you just this is such an honor for me. You know, I'm not here for promotional purposes, of course, but, you know, to set some records straight, my book, The Pope on the Holocaust on Pius XII, is just in translation and will come out at Ignatius Press in the U.S. And Mary of Nazareth's book, which uh, Georg Ratzinger liked a lot, and which uh, follows the historical background uh, and behind the life of the Holy Virgin Mary. So, you know, if... if um, somebody is searching for a nice Catholic book, maybe this is a recommendation. But important at the moment, just, you know, to reflect this great life, which um, just ended uh, on the 1st of July, I would really recommend everybody who wants to know more about Pope Benedict to, to read and the memories of his brother, who was the closest person for him, three years older. He remembers the day when Pope Benedict was born as an eyewitness, that nobody was ever as close to Pope Benedict as his brother. So I can really recommend everybody who wants to deep, uh, to dive deeply into, into this Bavarian Catholic culture and the background of this great Pope to read the book. Well, if I get to Rome, I get to Rome every year. If I get there, I'm going to look you up, and I want to have a pint with you, or maybe an espresso. Absolutely. Dr. Absolutely. Michael Hesman, that would be, be an honor for me. God bless you, Doctor. Thank you for coming on. The honor is mine, and God bless you, and God bless America. That's Dr. Michael Hessman, everyone. And that puts this show this week in the book. What an interview to be able to cap a great week on. Thank you so much for joining me today, friends. Mother Mary, pray for us, as always. We know you look out for us, Mother. Friends, I am John Linetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today. John Leonetti in the morning is underwritten by Golden Rule Heating and Cooling, Bell Construction, Five Sons Naturescapes, and Blessman International.